0: Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the introspective Matt.
1: Hello there.
0: Oh, right. So, uh, uh, on with the Capaldi era this week. Um, yeah. For, for, I, in some ways, you know, a Doctor's second story is their, is their true introduction. Yeah. So, I think that's um, fair. Yeah, so it'll be very interesting to get uh, get stuck into that. But before we do, I, I imagine we've got about 30 minutes of uh, unrelated nonsense to, uh, to uh, get through. Would that yeah. be fair?
1: Yeah, so as we've done <laughs> recently, do you want to start with Time Lord Victorious?
0: I would love to. So a huge amount has dropped in the space of uh, the, the sort of seven days since we last recorded. Yeah, uh, I've I'm
1: not got gonna... a few bits to talk about as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, in terms of Time Lord Victoria stuff, I've not gotten to everything just yet. Uh, But what I will uh, discuss is the first releases from Big Finish, which are a couple of short trips, which is basically their range where they're like narrated uh, short stories.
1: Okay, so So rather rather than like the plays where you have different actors.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like it's um, they often, you know, it's often people who were in Doctor Who, um, maybe... It's narrated from the perspective of their character or they're doing a sort of impression of or one of the doctors or uh, whatever it is. Uh, in this case, it's actually the impressionist John Colshaw, because the two stories uh, are called uh, Master Thief and Lesser Evils. And they're both about a different incarnation of the master. Okay. So, and John Colshaw... Um, Unbalanced to me i knew he did some doctor who impressions and has done work for big finish in the past i wasn't aware that he did magnificent impressions of both roger delgado the first master and anthony ailey who was oh, maybe the third or fourth master yeah i guess technically um and uh yeah the the, the on in, just in terms of his impressions within these stories Amazing. And also the writing for me, I think, is some of the probably the strongest bit of writing of anything in uh, Time Lord Victoria so far. And that kind of surprised me because I'm not a big fan of uh, the short trips format. I prefer my full cast audio dramas when I'm, when I'm doing stuff in big finish but these are actually really very good um so really enjoyed that and we also got the concluding part of the two-part titan comics contribution which is a um a, a two a two-part comic called um, defender of the daleks featuring the 10th uh, doctor okay um worth a read the artwork is magnificent absolutely hands down magnificent some of the best comics i've seen in a while actually um uh, especially from a doctor who comic and uh the the writer jodie hauser i i actually quite like jodie hauser as a writer generally i've not read she's been writing the 13th doctor comics and i've not been reading them yet they're on my to-do list and uh but i am aware of her work primarily the stuff she's written for valiant comics now valiant i don't know if have you heard of Valiant Comics, Matt? Yeah, I'm aware of them. Yeah. I'm actually a big Valiant Comics fan. Um, I, I they, they are, like, my go-to for shared superhero universe stuff because it's a smaller universe. And because it's a bit more... You have to be in the know. They take more risks, I feel like, than someone like Marvel or DC where characters tend to... There are no, like... There are very few in the way of, like... Uh, just straight up heroes in the world of Valiant everyone is some sort of shade of gray where right. they're capable of good and capable of evil and it's just a lot more complicated yeah. um i really like that so uh if anyone's interested in like checking out the superhero universe Valiant i strongly recommend and Jody Hauser for a long time has been the main writer for a character called Faith um whose main superpower is just that she can fly she's and and she's otherwise she's quite a stereotypical nerdy girl um so you know she's spends a lot of her free time like on forums and signing petitions to uh bring back firefly and stuff (laughs) like that you know um so she's quite relatable in that way um and jodie hauser has is great at writing dialogue generally and it it, this is no exception her dialogue for the 10th doctor is so note perfect it could have been written by russell t davis it is just the the Sometimes when I'm reading Doctor Who stuff, I feel like they don't always get that particular Doctor's voice right. Yeah.
1: If yeah.
0: you don't have the performance to bolster it, you, you, I sometimes feel like, oh, this could be any Doctor. But you, you read this and it's just like, oh, that is just 100% Tenth Doctor. You can hear Tennant's voice so clearly all the way through it. So that for me is a stand up. The story, I think, feels a bit rushed. It kind of, whilst they're slightly extended issues, they're about forty pages each. I think I read them digitally, so I don't know exactly. So um, they're slightly longer than a typical comic book, but I really wanted at least another two or three issues. I think to just kind of
1: let the story breathe.
0: And yeah, yeah, and kind of it feels like the Doctor just it solves things very quickly, and it's just like he, it feels like he didn't even break a sweat, you know. Mm. So, I kind of wish there had be just been a bit more uh, depth to the story, but what there is of it is very good. All oh, right. So, uh, yeah, so that's it for the Time Rule Victorious this week. Uh, what have you got of the docket, Matt?
1: Uh, well, in, in keeping with that, I think pretty much every day I logged onto the internet and there was new Doctor Who news. There's <laughs>
0: uh, been a so, lot recently. So, I've
1: it? got a few to, to run through. So, in keeping with Big Finish. Yes, I, I was excited to see they're releasing a series called "The War Doctor Begins."
0: Yes,
1: of the early War Doctor. Now I thought excellent. This is what I wanted—that you know, yeah. haggard, rougher version of the War Doctor. Yeah, you know. And then all of a sudden, my mind just went. You do know John Hurt's dead, don't you? <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I did a little bit more research, and it, it's someone else effectively playing John Hurt playing the war doctor. Yes. Now, yeah. I, I've not got it in front of me. I forget the guy's name, but what I will say is if you close your eyes, it is John Hurt.
0: Yeah, it, it, the the impression I listen to the trailer, the impression is uncanny.
1: Yeah. It's so bang on. I, I, I'm I'm almost tempted to go in on that. I think of, of w- what has dropped this week in terms of trailers. Mm. That's the one that looked best to me. I am very fascinated to hear I, – I,
0: I have such complex feelings about this, and I was talking about it on Twitter. I still haven't really made up my mind. Um, so the first thing to know is recasting Doctors is not new. Um, yeah. The first time it happened was for the five Doctors. Hartnell had passed away. They wanted to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the show, um, so they cast another actor, Richard Herndall in the role of the uh, first doctor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that kind of set a bit of a precedent within the world of big finish. They have done stuff with, um, I believe it's Fraser Hines who actually plays Jamie in the original series. He, he actually does quite a good impression of Patrick Troughton okay. um, as the second doctor. So they've used him on occasion to portray the second doctor and, um, and they've got a chap, I forget his name, they've got someone who does who does a take on the third Doctor as well. Because obviously those were the Doctors who were not living by the time Big Finish started. and yeah. So they never had the opportunity to work with them. So I give them a little bit of leeway with that. What's different about this to me is the fact that they did have John Hurt. They only got to do 12 episodes. Well, that's still 12 episodes with the War Doctor. That we otherwise wouldn't have got and i was kind of satisfied with that yes as as you say this is an opportunity for them to do early in the war doctor's life and mm. and sort of that journey in as a sort of battle-hardened thing by the time we get to the stuff that john hurt recorded there's almost that like there's there's such a weariness and a sadness to him that is, is really nice to hear but it's it's almost like he's um like he's he's ready for it to be over mm. um whereas you don't get that sort of steely sense of like rolling up the sleeves there's a fight to happen kind of vibe which i think is what they're going to go for with this series yeah um, I,
1: I got that feeling
0: but And I I definitely, I'm keen to have those kinds of stories. But in my head, I'd always felt like comics or novels or that was kind of where that needed to happen. With the passing of John Hurt, I was feeling like, well, you can't. It feels different somehow because, because Big Finish had done stuff with John Hurt himself to then, after a couple of years, be like, all right, well, we'll just get an impressionist in. I don't want to say it's distasteful. I don't because I don't think it is necessarily, and I don't blame Big Finish as a company for exploiting whatever opportunities they can find. You know, they stumbled across this guy who does a bang on John Hurt. Of course, they're going to to want to talk to him and, and maybe get something to going with that. But I'm kind of, I think I'm going to wait for some reviews. Yeah, I think is that's where Maybe I'm at the with it. I can't
1: way to approach it, isn't it?
0: I yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, Big Finish with their pricing, they do they do pre order pricing, and it goes up a few quid after it comes out. So you know, the, to kind of I think encourage people to not do what I'm doing and wait for reviews. But I think that's where I am at with this particular series. I want to get other people's sense of whether this is really a worthwhile endeavor or whether it's a bit of a cash grab because it's hard to say for certain at this stage um, but fast and uh, big finish are on such a roll at the moment Matt it's ridiculous because I mean you've got this you've got uh, Eccleston obviously mm. that's now in the offing since lockdown began they seem to basically have just got David Tennant chained up in an attic somewhere <laughs> because like you know they've announced like a sort of 12 part series with him called Dalek Universe yeah um and he's got a box set coming out with River Song um and you know various other odds and ends like team-ups with Tom Baker and you know they're, they're doing so much with David Tennant um it's 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 bewildering the amount of amazing and extremely tempting stuff that Big Finish have been pumping out this year i feel like knockdown has been very very
1: kind to them well should we, should we move away from things we're excited to, to yeah. things I'm really not excited to. Uh-huh, yeah, of course. Because this, this week as well, they dropped a trailer for a YouTube-exclusive animated series called Dalek. Yeah, this is part of Time Lord Victorious. It looks awful. Yeah. The animation looks so poor. Mm. You know, I, I joked a few weeks ago that we were going to do a podcast about 90s children's cartoon reboot. Uh This looks on that sort of level. The animation, like, I genuinely thought this was a trailer for a mobile game.
0: Yeah, it it has a very sort of PlayStation 2 quality to it, doesn't it? Mm. The animation. I am very intrigued by this uh, series. I'm not going to lie. Um... Yes, I think the the, the animation is defi- it's definitely not high-budget animation. I, apart from anything else, I think this has been done very quickly. I don't think... Because it, it wasn't part of the original announcement for Time Lord Victorious. So I think this is something that they only sort of got locked in after that project was already well into motion, uh, if you like. So... Um, I think they're basically this is the best they're gonna they've managed to do in the time given. Um, what excites me is that the mechanoids are back. <laughs> no, you don't know the mechanoids. No. Um, they they have I, th- I think I'm not alone in having a bit of a soft spot for them. They were basically they were introduced in a Dalek story, a Hartnell era Dalek story called The Chase. And they're like these sort of dodecahedron things.
1: Yeah. With
0: incomprehensible, like, uh, electronic voices, um, and they have this big face-off with the Daleks in the sort of conclusion of the chase. And basically the plan was they were going to be, like, the new Daleks. They, You know, they were going to flog a ton of mechanoid toys and stuff like that, and they just didn't really catch on. <laughs> um, and there's something quite charming about them because b- because of that, because they sort of, like, they were... A bridge too far. i just
1: one of life's losers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so it it kind of delights me that, that it, this seems to be like Daleks v. Mechanoids is going to be sort of the, I, I the must thrust say, of this story. E- even, if,
1: even if the animation were better, I yeah. don't know if I'd watch this. I think, you know, I don't know how long the episodes are. I think like, they're only like five. I think it's like six five-minute episodes or something uh, like that. That, that might and be better. I just think the voices for that length yeah. of time yeah, give me a, a, such a headache.
0: Yeah. So I think that they've pitched it right in the it's it's short little episodes. It's just going up for free on YouTube. You know, they're not spending a lot on it. And it's really it's just a bit of fun. So I'm willing to forgive the, 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 the slightly shonky animation for, for what is something that I feel has been offered in very much good faith, if you well, like. If they were asking if they were asking for tw- 20 quid for it or whatever,
1: I'd be like, you're having no. a fucking laugh. No. But,
0: but keeping uh, with
1: the theme of having fun, yeah, I, I'm on a bit of a roll with my segues today. You are, aren't you? Um, they also re- announced two Doctor Who video games. Yes, they did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're both going to be on Nintendo Switch, so I'm going to play both of them. Yeah, I guess I will be as well. So there's The Edge of Reality. Mm-hmm. Which is Jodie Whittaker, David Tennant. It looks like they're up against the Daleks, the Cybermen and the Weeping Angels. Yep. I mean, those are, those are your big hitters, aren't they? Mm. And then there's one called The Lonely Assassins, which seems more like a mystery adventure game. Mm. And Presumably, is, again, Weeping Angels. It is, yeah. It yeah. Says it hints at their origin. Yeah. I don't know if I I'm mean, interested in that.
0: Where I don't know. There's the popular fan theory, isn't there? That uh, they're they're all sort of like condemned time lords. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if they're going down that route. Maybe they'll do something different with it.
1: I, I mean, whenever uh, yeah, you is get... It, what... Is it the end of time where one of them's like, kneel like the angels it, of old?
0: Yes, yeah, it is that. that So, yeah, that's what really start, sort of started to stoke that theory. Um the the, thi- the, the the difficulty with Doctor Who always, especially with lore, is like every time you answer a question within the world of Doctor Who lore, you better make sure you're posing some new ones because that's part of the joy of this weird cobbled together nonsensical universe is that, you know, there is always gaps. There's always, you know, I never want to be in the situation of feeling like, Everything has an explanation, like a concrete explanation for Doctor Who. Um, so dip a toe into the Weeping Angels Origins, that could be very interesting, but don't present it as like an open and shut case because then I'm going to have to make a decision as a fan, like do I take that on board or do I ignore it because I
1: don't like it? What, what do we do if we get the answers and it's terrible? What if it's a man who... Ooh is in an explosion at a garden ornament factory. <laughs> you know, let's go for the typical Marvel villain. Oh, God, yeah. Origin I'd, story.
0: You know what? I, I, with it being a video game, I can just dump it in the the headcanon bin. It's just like, no, didn't happen. It It's harder when something happens on screen that doesn't fit with your understanding of the show. But when it's, like, audios or comics or video games or something, it's quite easy to say, well, well they didn't know what they were doing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm intrigued. I, Like I say, I stand by... What, what, was it last week or the week before I was saying, I don't think there has ever been a Doctor Who video game that's yeah. decent.
1: It was and back I, when we were doing
0: yeah.
1: Evacuation Earth. Yeah. I
0: And I maintain that. I just feel feel like... It's not the kind of. It it doesn't lend itself to video game mechanics. As as a as a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, IP I guess. Mm. I just feel like it doesn't fit terribly well in that mould. But I, you know, I'm open. I I'll certainly read the reviews if if they yeah. Do, if I gonna think I'm definitely
1: wants, I'm definitely gonna give. Um, the Lonely Assassins. Ago, yeah, that's the one I think's also releasing as a mobile game. So I'm thinking that will be the cheaper of the two.
0: Yeah, um, uh, I hope I hope it's not stuffed with in-app purchases. What What cause... if
1: it's just like a Tetris ripoff clone, like a Link Three game?
0: Well, they've done that already. Really? yeah, Doctor Who Infinity. That was it. Was oh. shite.
1: Uh, I might give that a download. <laughs> give it a little play I think
0: it's uh, I think it's call. uh I don't know whether you can get it anymore. They they discontinued it. It went it ran for about five years. Some people got super into it and, you know, spent actual money on, on stuff for it. And the thing was it you like you could unlock every character in existence in the history of Doctor Who. They like they went all in on right. just making every corner of the Doctor Who universe unlockable in some way or other. And there was some vague sheen of a story to it. But at the end of the day, you're still just switching little gems around, which to mm-hmm. me is not, doesn't really capture the essence of Doctor Who. No. Um. All right, then. Is is? Uh, are we on to the quiz?
1: Yeah, let's move into this week's wheelie big oh, quiz. Well, I, now.
0: I've been doing lots of revision this week. I'll let you know that. Oh, excellent. Right, well... I, I mean, I, that was a complete lie. I haven't done any. I've been very busy at work. <laughs>
1: so I wish we, I had. We need to update people on the Wheelie Big Quiz. And I, right. I i don't know, I might even need to update you on this. Oh, yeah. Because thi- things have moved at a rate of knots. Okay. Okay, so when we recorded last week... Yes. Okay, so we, we record a week behind, essentially. We do. So... By the time that our first episode had come out, we'd already recorded our second episode. Yeah. So, as of yesterday, when the second episode with the Wheelie Big Quiz dropped, okay? Yeah. Things have picked up massively. Okay. So, the last time we spoke was week two, Mm -hmm. and you got three out of six questions correct. I did. Okay. So, your total contribution at the moment is seven pounds. Yes. And by week two, someone had matched that, Mm -hmm. £7. So at time of recording, last time we spoke, the total was £14. Mm -hmm. Our current total is £93. Wow! Yeah. That's amazing. We're we're going to absolutely smash this total. And part of me thinks if by, I don't know, mid-November, we've hit that total, we could maybe change our focus to a different charity. Yep, um, or we can continue with the Teenage Cancer Trust. I think either of those are good ideas. Yeah.
0: I, I'm quite happy to stick with, with the charity we've got. Maybe if we
1: do this again next year we can pick a different one next year, something like okay. that. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna read out some of the comments that have come with the donations. Yep. Uh the first one, Anonymous donor, just says midnight was good. <laughs> Uh, second donation, um, and I know who this one's from, so mm-hmm. although it says anonymous, I've already thanked this person. It says, Midnight is the fourth best story of season four, and The Doctor's Wife is better than any other story in season se- in series seven. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Now, somebody you and I both know uh-huh. who donated anonymously, but I think we've got to mention it. It's our friend Andy. Uh-huh. Hi, So, all-round good guy, true hero. He is. Uh, he's, he's actually donated £30. Oh, well, that's extremely generous. Yeah. So, from there, another anonymous donor just says, only the worst type of Doctor Who fan wouldn't donate anything. <laughs> I agree with that. Okay. Then we got a donation from Jacobus X that says, Jacobus X says Midnight is awesome, although not as good as the War Games. Mm, I think I know what that's in reference to. Mm. Then we got a donation from Jacobus Y, Jacobus (laughs) X's evil twin. (laughs) That one just said, happy birthday, Matt, because it was my birthday in the week. Uh Now, this one's interesting. This is the latest donation. Okay. And it's anonymous. And I I have an inkling I know who it is, Mm -hmm. but I'm not certain. I've decided I will donate £10 every time David beats me in the quiz.
0: You beat me last
1: week, so I donated £10. We tied this week, so I think £5 is fair. Oh, that's really interesting. I like
0: that people are are sort of like gaming it a bit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I I feel it's fantastic that we've made so much progress. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like we said last week, I, I don't want people to feel they have to donate. I don't want people to feel they have to donate a lot of money. Obviously, if you've got a couple of loose pounds in your co- in your pocket, we'd be more than grateful. At the moment, we've raised enough money for uh, three therapy sessions to accompany treatment for people undergoing treatment for cancer. Yeah, and enough money to arrange on ward activities for people hospitalised whilst receiving treatment. That's excellent. It's- we- we're doing some good work here. <laughs> It's, 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 when I say is, we, I mean us and our listeners. Yeah, we, we're we're putting some good back into the world. It's it's
0: quite gratifying, isn't it? After two years of literally wasting everyone's time, yeah. to finally feel like uh, yeah, we 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 are you know in our own very small way, maybe you making know, a bit there, of difference. There's
1: every possibility that by next week we'll have smashed our original target. Mm. I mean, I, I thought ten pounds a week, just because this is a bit of a mess about. Mm. But I, I think it seems to have struck a chord with some people, yeah, and which that's
0: really, really cool. Um, did we want to talk about? There was
1: some speculation on on, on the
0: tweets this week about uh, whether we might do some sort of uh, target for reaching a certain goal, some we, sort of reward.
1: i I, I floated two ideas. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to regret it because we've made a lot more money, a lot more quicker than I thought we (laughs) would. So, uh, I've floated the idea, if we hit the £120 mark, that I would, on air, say how much I enjoy the episode Midnight. That seems reasonable. Some people responded to that and said, well, you've said other controversial things, you know, you're horrible about Sarah Jane as a companion. Mm -hmm. So So what I I think, David is to involve you in this, once we hit £120, perhaps you could prepare some sort of apology script for me (laughs) of all the the things I've said that you disagree with, and I'll go through them one by one and apologise for those opinions. I would be delighted to do that. (laughs) Okay. Now, the big one, if we double our target, if we eventually hit, say, £240... Mm -hmm. I will, on air, admit that I am a fan of Doctor Who and prepare a short essay of all the things I love about the show.
0: That's amazing. I okay. uh, I hope we reach that.
1: That would be that would be a dream come true. And then, if we really smash our targets, if we th- hit a thousand pounds, I've said that me and you will kiss on air for four minutes. <laughs> I do not agree. Uh, remember agreeing to this. Okay, you're not allowed to go under the shirt with this. Mm-hmm. Okay, hands where I can see them at all times, but four minutes. That's a thousand quid. Yeah.
0: Alrighty then.
1: But I don't know, as as we go, we might do other incentives. Mm-hmm. We'll have to... But, so but that's the big one, the big kiss.
0: Alright then. So, um,
1: without any further... I, voice, I love we... how quickly you're trying to move the conversation. Is your partner at home today? She is, yes. Have you got headphones in? I have. Excellent. My (laughs) wife's out. I wouldn't dream of saying that if she was home. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so just to recap the rules of the Wheelie Big Quiz. Six questions. Each question is worth £1. If you score six out of six, the prize total for the week rolls up to £10. Mm -hmm. All questions are taken from the Trivial Pursuit Doctor Who game. We did not in any way plagiarise this idea from the Married to Who podcast. (laughs) Okay, so, are you sitting comfortably, David? Are you ready to begin? As ready as I'll ever be. Okay, so, question one. The subject is Time Lords. What star did Wilf notice had disappeared first in the alternate world where Donna and the Doctor never meet?
0: Oh, my goodness. I can't remember this. So, this would have been in... Turn left, then.
1: Yep. Remember, star, turn left is a better episode than midnight. A star going out. Because I remember later on, there's
0: the thing where they people mistake the Rackna ship for a Christmas star. But mm. it's not that scene. Um, I'm going to guess it will be a, a, a fairly recognisable star. So I'm going to say maybe the North
1: Star. It is Orion, I mean Orion is a constellation, not a star, yeah, yeah. if you'd have said Orion's belt or... or one of the stars in the constellation, Orion, I'd have given you that <sighs> that's
0: that's a poorly worded question.
1: I, I can only read the question that's written down
0: I, you, I hope the listeners agree with me. That is a poorly worded question. Orion is not a star. It w- is a constellation of Would you like me to pick another
1: stars. card and give you another Time Lord no, question? No, no, it's fine. We'll move on. That's a quid in the pot from me. Okay. Question two. Companions. What was Martha's father's new girlfriend's name? Oh, God, I... <laughs> How many degrees of separation do you need there? Martha's uh, father's new girlfriend's I name. mean,
0: I can picture her. I, I, you know, she's a very sort of, like, stereotypical type. Uh, I don't know. I want to say... Um, I don't know, Kaylee or something. I and mean, It's not that. I can't remember. It's Annalise. Annalise. I was
1: never going to get that. Right, Okay. Okay, question three. Episodes and stories. In the moon base, what does the Gravitron control? Um, It uh,
0: controls... I watched this not long ago. I was on a bit of a trout and kick. I want to say it controls uh, like
1: weather patterns. I'll give you that. The correct answer on the card is Earth's weather. Yes, yeah. So, one pound in the pot. Hey. Okay, next question. This is Years and Dates. Mm-hmm. What is the annual event that takes place on the second Sunday in November where Timothy Latimer saw Doctor for the first time since he was 14?
0: Just read that question again.
1: What is the annual event that takes yeah. place on the second Sunday in November where Timothy Latimer saw the Doctor for the first time since he was fourteen.
0: I, I don't know who Timothy Latimer is. Maybe I should. This is. Something... I can
1: remember Timothy Latimer.
0: Oh, is it the policeman? I, I, I mean, because like Sunday in November, that just makes me think of like you know the first broadcast of Doctor Who. Uh, oh. W- would you like a Hang small on. clue? Yeah, give me a small clue because I'm I'm completely. This is from agnostic.
1: one of the episodes that you have rated incredibly highly when we've reviewed it.
0: Mm. I'm just drawing a complete blank. I'm going to kick myself on this. I can't, I can't think what this is in relation to. Do
1: you want a second clue?
0: Oh, go on then, if you. So Timothy generous. Latimer
1: is played by the same boy that played Jojen Reed in Game of Thrones.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Uh, uh, right. I've got it now. Yeah. So it's a Remembrance Sunday. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah. I- I'm just desperate for you not to get like one pound for charity.
0: <laughs> right. Don't forget, everyone I'm getting wrong, I'm going to chuck a pound in. So, oh, uh, excellent. you know, it kind of balances out. Um, I do not. Yeah, I, I just couldn't remember his name. Uh, now that now that you said, uh, I, I remember him being referred to as Latimer in the episode, but I just it was just drawing a blank for some reason.
1: All right, yes. Next so question. The topic is monsters. Mm-hmm. The Carrionites used a crooked house on All Hallows Street as their base of operations. Yes, but what part now a borough of London was it in? Oh, for God's sake. Camden Now, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here Is it Mm. Southwark or Southwark? Southwark Southwark, I thought so Mm. Who knows that? Who in their right mind knows that? I think a real Doctor Who fan would, David (laughs) I mean, I knew who Latimer was and you didn't So, looks like the shoe's on the other foot today, my friend Final question Yep Cast Crew, and beyond. Okay. Now, I'll give you a clue. This is definitely in the beyond category. It's <laughs> not just true. <Castle laughs> Which famous children's story, with a Dalek twist, did the 11th Doctor offer to read the Tenza Child in Night Terrors? Ah. Uh...
0: Is it? Uh, I want to say like the Three Little Daleks or something like that. No, no. I'm sorry to remember. say,
1: it's the Emperor Daleks' new clothes. Uh,
0: all right then. That yeah, that is extremely beyond, isn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah. So only two pounds in the pot. Oh, this week, that was David. a that was a
0: poor show for me this week. But also, yeah. I think those were some bloody hard questions.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I must admit, I'm just pulling the cards out in order. Once I've used a card, it's going to the back of the pile. Yeah, I mean, um, them's the rules. So, um, it's fine. Yeah, it's just, you might get uh, an easier uh, set of questions next week.
0: But, but yeah, I, I am amazed. I, I'm I'm impressed that Trivial Pursuit Doctor Who Edition is actually fairly hardcore. Like, yeah, I, you I can't. You there can't are sit different this versions. Down. So there's
1: one that's yeah. just New Who, right? And I think there's one that is for children.
0: Yeah, because that's what right. I was going to say. You can't really sit sit this uh, down with anyone who isn't a committed Doctor Who fan.
1: Yeah, like if I played this with my mum, she would never get a question right. She'd be flipping the table within five minutes, Which, uh, Oh, Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, She's a very sore loser.
0: <laughs> um. All right, then.
1: So right. what happens the now? Only- Do we actually
0: talk about Doctor Who?
1: Uh, the only thing I, I've got left to say yeah. is, uh, before we get into the episode, last week when we recorded, yeah. I mentioned that I had sent a message to our friends over at Married to Who to gather their feelings about going into the Capaldi era. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I read out a short response that Jake had replied to on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, they did reply to that question on pod, so if you want to listen to that, listen to this week's episode. Um, I can't tell you what episode it is because to avoid spoilers, I just fast forward through to their (laughs) tweets. I'm Um, still
0: trying to catch up. I'm I'm going the wrong way around with uh, Married to Who, so I'll get there eventually.
1: Yeah, so I've been listening as I've watched an episode. I've then listened to get their opinions and facts Mm. and what have you. Yeah. Um, So the good news is we have had confirmation that the transatlantic Christmas Secret Santa is going ahead. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So I've already started adding things to my eBay basket. <laughs> I've just you know, I've got just things I've, I think that you would struggle to get in America. Mm, linked to Doctor Who.
0: I've got a couple of things that I'll pop in. Uh, one of which is currently sat right in front of me on my desk.
1: It's not your cat, is it?
0: It's not, my c- <laughs> though. They are welcome to her if they want her. She is a pain yeah. in the ass. Um, I didn't mention it. Uh, she makes a little cameo in. Uh, the the episode that's just dropped last yeah you know, last week sort of by the time it. you're listening to this uh,
1: yeah but, uh... so um yeah so I listened this week I've sent them sort of the flip side question of you know we are moving into the Capaldi era what don't they like what would they mm. say perhaps is a point of contention for them okay in the Capaldi era
0: I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. So,
1: if you want to hear what they have to say, you have to listen to their pod. Mm. They're always really, really kind about us. So, the least we can do is send some listeners oh, there. With absolutely, absolutely. Do you, do you want to say hello to them, David? Um, hello. Say, say hello to Sam. She's always really, really kind about our show. <laughs> show.
0: Well, hi Sam. I haven't heard most of your comments yet because uh, I'm, as I say, I'm, I'm still, I'm still languishing uh, in the back end of series one of uh, your. Uh, podcast but I'm looking forward to catching up eventually um, so yeah it will be good that was super awkward
1: <laughs> yeah I was just going to sit in stony silence and see how long you'd talk for <laughs> <laughs> uh, right so right we're going to discuss into the Dalek but before we do David it's nice and early this morning what did you have for breakfast what are you having for lunch hmm
0: I just had uh, the the usual uh, Marmite on toast for breakfast. Um, and I haven't got a clue what I'm going to have for lunch. I can see what I had for lunch yesterday, if you like. Or is that okay. just too going too far back and of no interest in no, no, no. you? <laughs> yesterday, I had some butternut squash soup.
1: Was it tasty? It was. Well, last night when I put some feelers out for opinions on this episode on Twitter, I also just tagged on the end, what's everyone having for tea? So I thought maybe you could judge some of the... The meal was eaten by our listeners. This oh, week. I'm open to that. Yeah. Okay. So obviously this week it was my birthday week, so I had a T-bone steak. Very nice. Uh, I mean, Kimberly... I say that
0: like I've eaten meat for for twenty years, which I haven't. But
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm worried that my birthday treat meal is going to be the lowest ranked of your your meals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Kimberly uh, had a lovely casserole. Ooh. And Frank had a cheese pizza.
0: I cannot think of. Uh, I mean, pizza—you can't go wrong with casserole. I cannot think of without thinking of. Look around you. Yeah, that you know, you know. Do you know the bit I
1: mean? Uh, vaguely, there's they're doing like a, doing,
0: like, a report about sort of the new fast food trend, and it's like a casserole restaurant. Uh, and it's like sort of like it's all decked out like a sort of gross 70s wimpy bar kind of thing it's all like beige plastic chairs and stuff (laughs) they've got like these tubes that just like pour casserole into a bowl um it's it's hideous but yeah but
1: but it's quite funny because Frank told me that he got his uh, cheese pizza from Morrison's, and Ooh. we all know how much I love Morrison. Is it one of those ones that they d- do themselves? No, I, that was the first question I asked, unfortunately mm. not. Yeah, because uh, but
0: I don't think any other supermarkets do that, do they? That seems to be just a Morrison's thing.
1: Uh, big Tescos sometimes do, do they?
0: they? Right?
1: Yeah. And in fact, Sainsbury's, in the little town near where we live, does them as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't judge um, us too harshly. We're an Aldi household.
1: Yeah, but, you know, so are we.
0: Yeah. Um, um,
1: but funnily enough, I went to a new Morrison's yesterday. Oh, a new one. A new one. What? And do you know what the best bit
0: was? Do you mean like new for you, or, or actually recently erected?
1: Uh, A little bit of both, because it's actually been done up at the moment. But uh, first time I'd been to it. So my mm-hmm. wife and I drove to, like, a little farm shop in the middle of nowhere uh-huh. for lunch. Uh, and there's a n- uh, new Morrison's that I've never been to. That's now, exciting. the best bit, once we'd been around and got to the tills, I said to my wife, oh, I'm going to wait outside. Uh-huh. And just out of nowhere, we I just saw a car just smash into a bollard in the middle of the Fucking car park. Fucking hell! <laughs> so, you know, I always say that Morrison's car parks never have the bays painted in them. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what happened. Oh, so this guy God. was coming down like the little road, and there's a bit where you can pull in to like pick up and drop people off, but he just didn't see the bollard, so he just smashed the front of his car. Jeez. And the best bit was he get he got out and he was clearly absolutely furious, mm. and you know under his breath I could see him like going, "Oh for fuck's sake, fucking hell, fuck's sake." <laughs> and someone, <laughs> someone, just an absolute everyday hero, just went, "Mate." There's a bollard there. <laughs> <laughs> just absolute comedy uh, gold. Which, but, of course, made the man even more furious. Yeah. Like, it had punctured his tyre. It had shredded all his wheel arch. Yeah. Like <laughs> he, His car's going to... It's either a write-off or it's going to cost a lot uh, to fix. But, yeah, I was just literally... I was playing a little bit of Pokemon Go on my phone. because uh-huh. It was uh, Charmander Community Day yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just looked up as this car just smashed into a big metal pole. <laughs>
0: that's, uh, I feel like that anecdote is sort of Britain in a nutshell, Yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's quite beautiful. Um, all right then. We are nearly 45 minutes into this episode and we have yet to discuss Into the Dalek. So I think it's high time we get stuck into this one. Right. What do you say?
1: Yeah, we may as well. Um, <laughs> be- before we do, how would you rate this episode? We are going to talk okay, about it. I'm not right, just going to okay. constantly start new conversations. Okay, I
0: just wondered whether, like, is it just that you you have nothing to say about this story?
1: I'll, um, I'll be honest. I was stalling for time because I was making a donation to Just Giving. Ah, uh, fair um, enough. Uh, so, how how are we going to rank this? Uh, good episode, bad episode, good with bad, bad with good. Okay. So before I give you my opinions on
0: it, I will mention that. I get the impression this is not particularly highly rated within the fandom at large. Uh Um, I think people just find it a bit meh. And I have never understood that perspective
1: because I really like this one. I'm going to say, I think this was one of the best Dalek episodes we've seen. I agree. I agree. I prefer the Daleks. Not when they're just sort of wheeling about, shouting, Mm. trying to kill everything. But I like this and the first one we watched just called Dalek.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Where you get those intense interactions between the Doctor and the Darling.
0: Yeah, I mean, this this episode is definitely borrowing some cues from that one. Um, there are a lot of comparisons you can draw, and it might feel like, oh, they're just going back to the same well. But then you've got to remember, this is nearly 10 years after that episode. Um, mm. So, you know, fair enough, I think. Um and it is distinct enough. Like, it's this is a very unique spin on a Dalek story. Interestingly, the the idea for it came from Stephen Moffat, uh, which is one of the reasons he has a co-writing credit on this. Um, and it was originally pitched as an idea for a video game. He was okay. in some sort of, like, merchandising meeting, and they were saying, like, have you got any ideas for, like, a Doctor Who video game? And he threw this one out casually and then immediately went, oh, you know what, actually, no, I'm having that. <laughs> and sort of <laughs> yanked it back off the table you and commissioned someone to write bastard. it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean it would it's it's one of the more interesting ideas for a, a Doctor Who video game, like, you know, mm. being shrunk down and exploring the interior of a Dalek. You know, you could do a lot with that as a video
1: game idea, I think.
0: But um I'm glad they made this episode instead.
1: Would you class this as all-out good episode, or would you say good with (sighs) some bad bits? Good
0: with bad bits. I do have some reservations about certain aspects, uh, particularly in relation to uh, the Doctor's characterisation. Now, I will say I'm not blaming Capaldi for this, but I think there are certain choices that are made in the dialogue, some of the things that they have him doing and saying, that to me I feel like is over-egging the pudding if you like mm-hmm. they've made a very conscious choice that this is like a really grumpy, mean kind of a Doctor and I think they go a little too far with that occasionally in this particular episode uh, but we'll touch on that as it sort of comes yeah. up in the story I, th- I, think I
1: think my main issue with it, we can't really discuss till we hit that point in the story Okay,
0: so um, let's just get going with it then shall we
1: Okay, so this is from the 30th of August, 2014, episode two of season eight, Mm. and as we've said, it's Into the Daleks.
0: So we open... Sorry, I was just going to say, written by Phil Ford and Stephen Moffat. Uh, Interestingly, I I can't remember if Phil Ford done anything in between this, but this is the first co-written story, like a a story with an actual co-writer credit, since The Waters of Mars which was coincidentally written by Phil Ford with the showrunner, uh, Russell T Davis. Mm -hmm. So I don't know whether it's just Phil Ford prefers collaborating or, you know, exactly what it is, but I just think it's kind of striking that, like, generally speaking, Doctor Who doesn't tend to do co-writer credits, Mm -hmm. but um, in both occasions, in in recent memory, it's been Phil Ford. Uh, But anyway,
1: yeah, on you go. Okay, so we open with a spaceship under fire. Yeah. Uh, one of the crewmates is dead. Yeah. And it's the Daleks which are attacking them.
0: Yeah. Some lovely shots of that Dalek mothership, yeah. I think.
1: I, I mean, it, it it's a damning indictment that I now recognise that, <laughs> that. it's the Dalek <laughs> ship. You know, I can now tell which ship's which. Mm. Um, so, on board... One of the pilots wakes up. Yeah, uh, and she actually wakes up on the TARDIS, and it's played by—and I can never pronounce this right. I believe it's Zowie Ashton.
0: Right. What else has she been in?
1: Uh, she's in a program called Fresh Meat that was on Channel 4. Oh,
0: I've—I've—I've I've, I've heard of that. I've not watched it yet. It's that's by the uh, Peep Show guys, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it good?
1: It, it's all right. Mm. It's all right. Okay. Uh, it, it's not. As funny as Peep Show.
0: Is it like more of a comedy drama kind of thing?
1: Yeah, so yeah. like each episode probably has one big laugh. Right. As opposed to Peep Show, which is just constant. Yeah. Um. So, this young lady is Journey Blue. Yeah. Why does everyone have mental names? Future, innit? Yeah, well... Do you think there's just like a Bob Johnson in the future? Uh,
0: Well, there'll be one or two, but they'll be be the ones that everyone's like, why have you got such a weird name? Bob? What kind of a name is Bob? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, prior to this, when the ship's crashing, she's trying to return to her mothership, which is called the Aristotle. Yeah. And we know that because she says it about several billion
0: times. (laughs) Well, she's like, she's demanding. Uh, Like, she's actually like, uh, got her gun. Like, Pointed at the doctor and is demanding for him to take her to her ship. Yeah. Uh, just goes on and on. And I really love the doctor's response here, mm. where he's just sort of like he's just kind of. It's like she's oh, that's my cat. There with There's me. There's the cat. <laughs> there it is. If you've
1: got your bingo cards, well, right. you just tick off cat.
0: All right, you two.
1: <sighs> See, this week when you went to sort the cat out, I didn't say anything to the audience because I listened back yeah. last week and it was just me sort of muttering. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was um, George, the cat next door. George and Mabel uh, do not get on. Right. So, uh, all right, then. So, yeah, I really like the doctor's response here because it's almost like he's just... He's, like, frustrated with a child who should know better. It's just like, no, 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 not like that. Get it right. You know? And she eventually realises that rather than trying to demand at gunpoint, she just needs to say please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So the Doctor agrees and does take her back to the Aristotle. Yeah. Uh, but there's like a general, because there's always a general in Doctor mm-hmm. Who, in charge of the base, yeah. who says that the security... Of the Aristotle is absolute, so the Doctor must die.
0: Yeah. And the now, general played by... Do you recognise him?
1: Uh, I did recognise him, but I couldn't place I him. can't
0: remember the guy's name. and Unfortunately, I don't have the uh, the cast list up in front of me. But it's a bloke who plays Tyres in Spaced. Oh, really? Yeah. It's our second uh, sort in of Spaced weeks. reference in as many weeks. And at this point, I'm trying to think. Uh, we can certainly tick off... Is so- that Michael Smiley? Yeah, that's the guy. There we go. So, um we we've ticked off um Simon Pegg back in series 1 series 3 we got Jessica Stevenson um so who are we still missing Mark Heap uh, he's not done doctor who um so far that Nick, we've seen Nick Frost Nick Frost um so Sarah Finnovich yeah yeah, so there's a there's a few still out there, but um yeah. I, I feel like one day every single cast member and support like supporting character from space <laughs> will have turned up in Doctor Who. I know the um not that long ago I was listening to uh Paul McGann Big Finish audio and uh the actress who plays Marsha, she's in oh. that. So Oh wow. Yeah. Um there's definitely quite a lot of crossover. Anyway, I've gotten really sidetracked by that now. <laughs> um, and the other thing that's established is she's... Um, the, the general is the uncle of uh, Journey. Yes. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, like I say, they're told that the Doctor must die. Yeah. But jo- Journey gets confused, doesn't understand that he's the Doctor. She says he's a Doctor. Yeah. And they have a patient.
0: Yeah. Common mistake. So, Happens a lot. So,
1: yeah. So they spare his life. Because he's needed to treat this patient, mm-hmm. uh, and the way they're going to treat it is they have a shrink ray. Yes, just like the movie In a Space.
0: Yep, yeah, and uh, before that, I think that is it called Fantastic Voyage? I think.
1: Yeah, it's the I earliest so.
0: example of of the old uh, shrinking down to go inside someone's body. Mm. Um, it's 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 like it's a classic sci fi trope. Basically. Yeah.
1: I haven't seen in a space in years. I might see if it's on Amazon Prime. Mm. I might watch that tonight. I do like Martin shot. Indeed. So it turns out the reason they want to shrink him is so they can put him in a Dalek. Yeah. And he's understandably not really that happy. <laughs>
0: it's an interesting idea, isn't it? And then uh, bats are cold open, boom, into the credits.
1: Yeah, and when the Dalek appears, again, going back to the episode Dalek, it's similar in that when they say, oh, we've got a patient, you just see the eye stalk light up, and he goes, doctor... Yeah, it's nicely
0: revealed, he's all chained up. Yeah, there there are definite parallels with that story. Um, But yeah, and then post-credits, it's quite a jarring change, isn't it? (laughs)
1: Yeah, because now we're at Cole Hill School. Yeah,
0: it? and it's almost like we've just sort of accidentally switched to a different TV show. Were it not for the fact that you, Clara is a very recognisable character, uh, it's it's almost just like a sort of you're just watching an episode of Teachers for five mm. minutes, isn't
1: it? I I wonder how Cole Skill, how Colehill School, sorry, mm. is still open. Yeah. Like, Ofsted should have shut that place down years ago. <laughs> what are your particular concerns? Uh, general health and safety of students. <laughs> yeah. A distinct lack of teaching quality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. D- I don't know. It doesn't just just looks like no one ever does anything. But, <laughs> um. Except for Mister Pink, yes. who's leading the cadet squad. Yeah. Uh. So. He's a former soldier. Yeah. And he's basically training students a little bit like scouts. Yeah, yeah. It's just a bit of fun, basically. Uh, We see the girl from Clara's flashback last episode. Yeah. And she's just awful. Mm hmm. Uh, One of the students asks if Mr. Pink, when he was a soldier, killed anybody. Yeah. And he just cries.
0: Well, exactly. The, the way it, there's a little bit more to it than that. So he asks if he killed anyone. And, uh, P- Danny Pink's first response is I was a soldier. There were other soldiers. Some of whom weren't on our side. I'll leave the rest to your imagination, which is a very, very diplomatic way to answer that question. And the kid, <laughs> rather than letting it lie, follows it up with, did you ever kill anyone who wasn't a soldier? And that's when he cries. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty awkward moment.
1: Yeah. Well, it gets more awkward when Clara appears. It does, doesn't it? And immediately asks if he's killed anyone and then cries about yeah, it. Yeah. Like
0: she's just, she's very kind of flippant. Um, but obviously, you know, that's kind of a thing for her. You know, she's, she kind of like uses humour as a bit of a deflection thing at times. And, uh, uh, and obviously, she is completely unaware that that's just happened. But Danny Pink, understandably, assumes it's you know the the kids have already been spreading it around the school. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, is it at this point where we get the awkward bit between the secretary and Danny? Uh,
0: I forget exactly where that fits in, but yeah, where that...
1: she's like, "Oh, what have you been up to this weekend?" And he's yeah. like, "Oh, I was at home reading." Yeah, she's like, "Oh, I bet you were." Yeah, and basically, like. I when I listened to the Married to Who episode, yeah, they they really struggled to understand what was actually happening here. Really, basically, they were just hinting that he'd been out all weekend shagging. Yes,
0: yeah, it's it's not more complicated than that. But I didn't realise that that was so sort of like specifically British.
1: Yeah, but I guess well, maybe I think it it's is. more the fact that like it just goes on and on where yeah. everything he says, they're like, "Oh, I bet you were." Yeah, it's it's
0: like it is slightly too stretched out. I think I mean you know what you could probably chop that whole scene out and it would be, you know, it would be fine. I don't think it really adds much to this uh, particular uh, bit of the episode, but yeah, it's it's obvious that there is. I tell you, the other thing that that jumped out to me on this time watching this was the fact that the head at one point, like when he introduces Clara to to Danny, was like, "Oh, have you met our new maths teacher, Danny?" And it's like, "Like he's the new kid, but he's already set up a little extracurricular cadet squad."
1: Oh yeah! In like his
0: first week in the job.
1: Well, what a job's worth! <laughs> he, he wouldn't fit in at our school.
0: So I found that a bit odd because you would think if to do that, he would he would have been there at least a few months to find his feet before doing something like that. And if he was there for at least a few months, at some point, Clara would have already bumped into him in the staff room. Yeah,
1: so, i must admit, though, I've been back at work over a month now. And there's new members of staff. I just don't know their name. <laughs> I mean, I and guess I kind of just always yeah. smiling like, go, "All right, yeah," and then keep walking.
0: <laughs> I guess, I guess teachers are busy, you know. Yeah, uh, but but even so, I I found that a little bit odd. Um, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so.
1: So Clara. Invites him out for a drink yes. to make up for her sort yeah. of rudeness. Yeah, and he declines. Yes, he's going to go home and read. Yeah, he's then in his classroom, reliving the conversation. <laughs> but this time, he's just like, "Yeah, I'd love to go for a drink." Yeah, like
0: he's uh, he's like he's he's beating himself up because like he you know he's 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 like he's made the wrong decision in the moment because he was flustered. And I do quite like the editing here, where it's like cutting back and forth in time. Because, like, he's kind of beating himself up in this classroom. And then it cuts back to the moment where Clara's asking him to tag along to this leaving do thing. And she just says to him, change your mind. Like, just just straight up. It's not too late. And again, he's just, like, this being socially awkward. Just like, oh, no, no, I'd really And then we cut back to him just, like, literally he's, like, bashing his head on the desk. And the camera just pans across slightly. You see Clara is just sort of stood in the doorway. Just with a slightly bemused yeah. smirk on her face. Yeah. Um, so
1: she asks him again. Yeah. And I think this time he's got no choice but yeah. to accept. Yeah. So, it's quite. Ref- I think
0: it's quite a, a, a sort of, like, establishing... Obviously, we know where this is going. This is setting up a sort of romantic interest for Clara.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, I think it's quite a fun way to go about it. I you know I I I I I actually quite like this scene overall. Um just as a sort of oh what's the word I'm looking for? The I it's, it's it's just quite sweet, isn't it? I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think given the darker tone that they seem to be adopting with this season. Yeah. You know, it was nice to have a little bit of humor that wasn't you know, like last week where the Doctor gets bonked on the head and Clara gets smacked with a newspaper. Yeah, it's a little more... Just, s- yeah, just a little bit more light-hearted.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely.
1: So Clara returns <laughs> to her classroom. Yeah. And the Doctor's there with two coffees. <laughs> yes. And it's the two coffees he went to get when they were in Glasgow last week at the end of the episode. Yes. But that was three weeks ago. <laughs> ago sorry. Yeah. And so he, uh, he just he just pretty much just says, "Yeah, sorry, got distracted."
0: Yeah, and so he, obviously we we're not we're not even taking into account here the fact that Clara will have had to have got all the way from Glasgow to London <laughs> to, yeah, just to do go she, back and do her job for a bit.
1: Yeah, she might not have <laughs> even had a purse on her.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that there, there's a story still to be told, but um,
1: yeah, that's going to be my fan fiction where Clara gets arrested by British Transport Police. <laughs> <laughs> is administered a hefty fine <laughs> and i don't know if if she was in glasgow she probably got kicked out at edinburgh
0: potentially so, yeah, yeah. you're not going to get do they do a direct train from glasgow to london
1: no 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 yeah. i'm certain you change at edinburgh yeah edinburgh's on the main line yeah and then you change but they if if you're found to have got a train with no intention of buying a ticket, they'd just remove you at the next stop. Mm, yeah. You know, that could have been anywhere. That could have been, like, Troon yeah. or somewhere. Yeah. Just in the middle of Scotland.
0: Oh, awkward. Anyway.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Do you think Clara could walk from Glasgow to London in three weeks?
0: No. She's got quite stumpy legs.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I me. Mean, I mean, some friends once did like a sponsored walk over the moors. That was yeah. fifty miles, and that took us near enough twenty-four hours. Jeez! But that was non-stop.
0: Was that was that the Lake Wake walk?
1: It was, yeah. Oh, so from Raven's car to I've always wanted to do the Lake Wake walk. I've never, I've never had the I opportunity. I never want to do it ever. Again. <laughs> I, no, no word of a lie. That is possibly the closest I've come to death in my real life. Yeah, it, it
0: is a gruelling one for sure. I'd
1: hideously under planned <laughs> and like i think throughout the day it was so hot i drank somewhere between eight and 12 oh were you, do- were you doing it in summer yeah oof yeah. day of the year it was recorded i can't
0: goodness me of no if i weird, if so. i was doing if i was doing like quake walk i'd be doing it around sort of march maybe
1: we did it in the school holiday, so like August. Yeah.
0: Oh no, I would yeah. never. Yeah. Drank attempt twelve that in litres
1: August. of water through the day. Didn't want to go to the toilet. Yeah. That's how dehydrated I became. That's. I had pretty terrible brutal. sunstroke. Yeah. Uh, the next day, I was pretty much you know like in the last series where Matt Smith gets really old before he <laughs> regenerates. Yeah. I was pretty much like that at the end of it. <laughs> and then I just went to bed for two days, and then I was fine again.
0: Oh. Good Lord. Um, all righty then, uh, let's crack on.
1: Yeah, so he takes Clara on board the TARDIS and she notices he's scared and he says he's terrified of a question he has to ask. Am I a good man? Yeah. And at this point Clara says, well, I don't know. I don't necessarily know this version of the Doctor. Yeah.
0: I love that moment. I love everything about that. I love I love uh, Capaldi's demeanour. I love the way the shot is framed. The two of them sort of just sat on the steps mm. with the with the console behind them. I love Jenna's performance where she's just like, he asks that question and it's obviously, it wasn't what she was prepared for. And she's like a deer in the headlights for a moment. Mm. Um,
1: Especially when he says, am I a good man? Yeah. And then it soon flashes back. To him basically saying he's going to destroy all the Daleks. Yeah. And you can see in that moment, he maybe isn't a good man. Yeah. Because he's filled with rage.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So he takes Clara with him to the Aristotle. Yep. Uh, And when they ask who she is, he says, well, this is my carer. She cares, so I don't have to. Hmm. What a fantastic line.
0: I mean, I agree with you. um, But actually, this is one of my points of contention with this episode. In that... It is undoubtedly a really crisp, pithy bit of writing. But I don't like it in relation to uh, the character of the Doctor. Even this particular incarnation. We know he does care. We see him caring later in this episode. So I have to interpret it as just pure like bluster on his part. Like it's just posturing, mm. because it's it's demonstrably untrue. So um, yeah, I I I just uh, I struggle a bit with that line, and I, and I didn't on first viewing because of course I had I had less context for Capaldi. This is my first time watching this episode with like pure nostalgia. You know, mm-hmm. I had rewatched it previously, but it always been like during the Capaldi era. This is my first time watching it. Now that we are you know, moved on to a new Doctor. And knowing the totality of Capaldi's tenure, some of these moments like that one early on, I'm just like, I see what you're going for here. But that's not really who this Doctor is. Yeah. You're still finding your feet with it. And, and, and I totally understand why. Moffat and Ford were kind of seduced that by that line when they were writing, just like, "Oh, that's a snappy bit of dialogue. Got to have that in there." But the more I think about it, the more I'm like mm, that doesn't really sit well with me. But uh, yeah, and there's another moment like that later, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Uh,
1: so they're going inside the Dalek, and they're going with Edison Tollett from Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been it's been what. Uh, I was going to say, it's been a couple of episodes, but it hasn't. It, we had a game with Rhodes actor last episode, who's yeah. Tony totally Way again. So, um,
1: I mean, it, it's important to point out to any overseas listeners, there are yeah. t- more than 12 British actors.
0: It doesn't always come across that way, though, <laughs> but, does it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so, when explaining what's going to happen when they shrink down, uh, the Doctor explains, if things go wrong... It's going to be like when you don't puncture the top of a microwave lasagna. Yeah. And I quite like the line, don't be lasagna. Yeah. the, way, the
0: uh, What I will say is Capaldi in this episode, his performance is just... Oh, I, I love the sort of... It's a, so much more like... A, it's a. What's the word I'm mean it? It's like spacious.
1: Well, did, I don't know whether you know this. This was pointed out to me by Jake from yeah. Married to Who. Yeah, that the writer of this episode, when writing it, was unaware that Capaldi was going to be the Doctor. That's interesting. He wrote, so he wrote it with Tom Baker in mind. Ah, so that's why maybe the performance is a little, you know, Bakerish. Maybe, but I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say Capaldi performs it in a
0: Bakerish way, because baker is in in many ways closer to say matt smith in that he's quite sort of mad and energetic and Mm. whereas with capaldi there is this he's he's sort of like physically he's sort of quite tight and controlled and like he has these sort of like pauses and do you know what i mean like it's mm. he he is so different to matt smith where matt smith is all sort of like 100 words a second and flapping arms and all the rest of it whereas yeah uh capaldi is it just sort of like he he just sort of has this this very controlled energy to him so uh yeah a, a, a striking contrast i think in, in many ways
1: so they get shrunk down and enter the Dalek ice stalk.
0: Yeah, I, I love say, the effect of going through the ice stalk.
1: But I would say there's an inconsistency of how small they are.
0: Ah, oh, potentially. Yeah. I don't know. Once they're inside, it's like who
1: knows. Yeah, but when they're placed in yeah. to the ice stalk, you you can see them. They're like a few millimeters tall. Yeah. But then they're being attacked by antibodies.
0: <laughs> yeah. But the antibodies are they're not they're not um like human antibodies. They are Dalek yeah. antibodies and they're they're technology. They're like little droids. Mm. Little drones.
1: I dunno. I don't know. So the doctor discusses the Dalek's evil brain. Yeah. And at this point decides he's going to nickname the Dalek Rusty. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> In the same way that we had Handles the Cyberman, now yeah. we've got Rusty the Dalek. Yeah. Um uh, so the soldiers all fire grappling hooks because they want to repel down a hole, but obviously with them being inside the Dalek, that causes it pain. Yes. And then the antibodies approach.
0: Yeah. And this is kind of a retread of what we saw with, in the Tesselector from, uh, Let's Kill Hitler.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think better executed here. The jellyfish were a little bit silly.
1: Yeah, this I mean, feels... all you've got here are just little flying ball droids, haven't yeah, you? Yeah,
0: yeah, which I think is a, a simpler and more effective approach to that. And, uh, yeah, they start, they sort of, they lock on to, oh, what's his name in this? Because I just want to call him Ed.
1: Yeah. But uh, it's not Ed. I'm not sure. My laptop. Oh,
0: it's uh, Ross, isn't it? Uh,
1: I think it's yes, Ross. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the actor's Ben Crompton.
0: Yeah. But anyway, it locks onto him and the doctor says, it like, tosses him something. and says, swallow this, trust me. And you think he's going to save him. Mm. But uh, it doesn't quite play out like that. No. He gets disintegrated.
1: Yeah. And then once they've run about for a bit, yeah. they jump down a hole into... Uh, let's,
0: sorry, let's not gloss over this moment because I think this is quite a key moment for this episode because... You couldn't, I could not imagine certain doctors doing that. Uh, and, and like the, the doctor's justification is perfectly valid where he says, look, because, uh, you know, uh, the the other soldier's like, I thought he was you were saving. He's like, I was saving the rest of us. He was already dead. Um, So it's a totally pragmatic response. Mm. But I couldn't imagine, say, for example, Davison making that choice he's more of a leave no one behind kind of a doctor um so i i would could see him agonizing over it a lot more whereas this doctor is just like look i've do- i've done i've done the calculations <laughs> this is what we need to do so so what he actually gave ross wasn't wasn't anything to save him it was a tracker so he could track where his remains went
1: yeah so once they land in the stomach yeah uh, they realise the security's low because nobody guards the dead. Yeah. And I like here where the Doctor wants to move on. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, we should mourn Ross. He yeah. goes, well, he's probably the top layer of this soup that we're stood in.
0: Yeah, if you want to say a few words. Uh, and again, this is my other example of amazing line, but I think that that, to me, crosses the boundary into just being needlessly unpleasant Mm. like it's they are trying really really hard with this episode to establish 12th Doctor as very very distinct from the incarnation we've had recently and whilst that is very very refreshing I I do think there are times where they're writing him almost too much like sort of Malcolm Tucker his character from the thick of it Mm -hmm. where he's just that like the Doctor the Doctor could, yeah like I, I, I don't mind when he sacrifices Ross, because that is a d- decision made of pragmatism. But what he says to the soldiers there, that is just cold for the sake of being cold. You know, what there's no there's no strategic advantage to him being that much of a dick to them no. in that moment. No. So that's those are the kinds of moments where I'm just like, oh, I I get what you're doing and I get why you're doing it, but I kind of wish you hadn't. Um, but yeah, uh, few and far between though those moments. But I did want to sort of highlight them. Uh, so yeah, so they 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 they're sort of flopping about in gunch like the end of an episode of Get Your Own Back. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, and the Doctor finds a bolt hole, <laughs> a literal bolt hole, a literal bolt hole. He's very very pleased with that. Yeah. Uh, so the pun goes down well. Yeah. And as they move on he notices there's more radiation. Yeah. Um, One of the people in the troop has like a Geiger counter, doesn't they? Yeah. And it's going on and on and on. Um, And the doctor says it's dangerous. There's a radiation leak which is poisoning the Dalek. Yeah. And because of this, when the Dalek's weakened, it changed when it saw beauty. Yeah. Uh,
0: I I love this as a concept, because to me, this is basically like, the Dalek equivalent of, like, going on an ayahuasca retreat or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's just it's, it's brain chemistry has been altered and it's it's had this vision. And it's just sort of like, going like, whoa, the universe is beautiful, man. <laughs> <And it's> just,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I kind of love uh, that.
1: Have you ever seen something so beautiful it changed your whole life? I mean...
0: Yes, obviously, the birth of my son.
1: Uh, I I thought you were going to say something else and I was going to throw that at you, but Uh. well done. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I passed the test.
0: I am am actually a human being. I don't
1: know what I would say is the most beautiful thing because I haven't got my own children.
0: Uh, Um, I don't know, we've had some D&D moments that have come close.
1: uh, I I was probably going to go with my wife on my wedding day. Yeah probably ranks slightly higher than dungeons and dragons.
0: What about what about uh uh that session we did for Roy's birthday last year though? Uh the end yeah. of that was pretty special.
1: I nearly cried at the end of that.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. just for me and for me and you. The listeners are just uh, they yeah. don't have to leave that to their imaginations.
1: If you haven't read of mice and men, uh <laughs> go out and read it. It's a good book. Mm. Um, yeah, so the beauty that the Dalek store saw sorry, was the birth of a star. Mm-hmm. And then I, 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 was, I was trying to look why it says this, and I couldn't really think of it other than just like hanging a hat on it. Mm-hmm. The Dalek says, resistance is futile.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, most closely... What, what are they
1: it says- doing there? Like crossing over into different IPs?
0: I mean, you say that, but actually it was used on Doctor Who first. Was it? Um, yeah, and, oh, uh, and so in the, the episode you've seen it, the, the Cybermen say it in uh, the... We watched it just the other week, 10th Planet. Oh, really? Yeah, they, I, I forgot to mention it on that episode. I was going to point it out, but yeah. Oh, yeah so Doctor Who
1: things, inspired Star Trek?
0: I mean, well, it definitely did. Um, there's definitely some crossover in terms of... Uh, especially Next Generation. I think a lot of the writers who were writing that would have consumed a fair bit of Doctor Who when it was being regularly broadcast on PBS in the 70s mm. and, uh, and 80s um, so yeah but it's it's interesting because it's like it, it it's the inverse it's, so rather than the usual sort of Dalek thing of like you cannot resist the might of the Dalek uh, forces it's actually saying like we can't win Daleks will never prevail because mm. life always finds a way. It's, it's it's a genuinely sort of lovely yeah, thought, isn't it? He says that life yeah. perseveres. In yeah. that moment, he
1: realised that the Dalek Conquest was doomed to fail.
0: Yeah, no matter how many stars destroy, no matter how many planets they wipe out, there
1: will always be new life somewhere in the universe. So the Doctor begins to repair the breach in the power cell that is leaking this radiation. Yep. Yeah. Just and Sonics
0: it. Bit bit, yeah. bit convenient, isn't it? Probably could have
1: done that from the outside, couldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what the range is on that, I guess. Uh, mm. But anyway. I mean, at the moment, this shrinking people down pointlessly, it's just taxpayer money, isn't it? It's a bit like <laughs> the Track and Tracer. <laughs> yeah. Bit of satire there, satire for yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, know? good, good uh, stuff. So when he fixes it, Rusty says that the malfunction is now corrected. Mm-hmm. And the Doctor smiles a big smile and says, you know, well done, everyone, we fixed Rusty. However, what Rusty is alluding to is the malfunction in his character. He's now yeah. back to being a Dalek Dalek, so yeah. he just starts shouting, exterminate.
0: Yeah, and this is where he like sends a signal out to his buddies in, in space, isn't he?
1: Mm. Yeah, so he begins to attack the Aristotle... Communicates with the Dalek ship to coordinate an attack. And the Doctor here is strangely happy. Yes. Because he didn't want to believe that the Daleks could be good. That would change his whole perspective on things like the Time War and everything. So he's happy to be right. The Daleks are evil. He's got Uh, that
0: sort of like... It's vindication to him.
1: Basically. Yeah. Until Clara slaps him, and yeah. in a little bit of role reversal, Clara begins to lecture the Doctor and asks, "What have they learnt? Yeah. And what have you learnt? What have you learnt?
0: And I, I like this, but I feel like this falls into this trap that you have to do sometimes as a writer, where. The natural thing, if these were actual human beings, the natural thing to do would be for Clara to actually just straight up tell the Doctor what she wants him to Mm. realise and just actually lay it out. But because they want to give you that moment of suspense, they want want the the dawning realisation to come from the Doctor and for it to happen at a certain pivotal moment in the story... Instead, she's just kind of parroting, well, what did we actually learn? And it just, it drags on. I'm just like, yeah. So, Just like, tell th- him.
1: Just tell him. This then morning, like, if I text you and said, are we still on for about 10 o'clock? Yeah. And you reply by saying, well, what do you think, Matt? I think the answer's in there somewhere. <laughs> I'd just be like, yeah, throw me a bone, mate. 10 o'clock, <laughs> yes or no? And yeah. if you were just like, well, I think we need to reflect on, you know, yeah. past instances. And I think. <laughs> Think you know the answer? I'd just be like, <laughs> You utter dick.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's not how human beings actually communicate. So it's just mm. like, uh, it's one of the moments where the script does wind me up a little bit. But anyway, yeah, the doctor does
1: get there. Um, yeah. So Rusty keeps attacking. Yeah. And the doctor implores the soldiers to do better than just fight. Mm. He learns that a good Dalek is possible if they go to the artificial brain. Yes. So they can remove whatever barriers there is, and they can essentially turn Rusty good permanently. Yeah. So, Clara wants to show him a star being born again, because it'll open all the Daleks' minds. Yeah. And the Doctor says if they can turn this one Dalek, they can turn them all. Yeah. So, basically he
0: just... uh, Clara needs to kind of find the suppressed memory. And sort of re establish that connection.
1: Mm. So, whilst they formulate this plan, one of the soldiers says that I'll stay behind to fight off the antibodies. Yeah. And if it goes wrong, be sure to name something good after me. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, you, you know, you know that they were there for the noble sacrifice because they basically haven't done anything so far. Yeah. And it's just like, why is there one additional soldier? Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah. uh, but when she dies, she's in heaven with Missy again. Oh, yeah. Literally um, no idea where we're going with this plot point. Yeah.
0: It's, I like At least it's... when
1: we had, like, Madame Kavarian, it was yeah. just a woman, and yeah. I'd be able to, like, go, oh, I don't know, she's up to no good. Yeah. But here we've literally got heaven. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> what the hell
1: is going on there? Yeah. Um, the, I... the only thing I can think of yeah. is a little bit like on... Is it the impossible planet where they fight the devil? Yeah. Where it's something like that, where heaven has always existed. However, you know, it's just like the lore and of, the myth has been twisted somehow.
0: Yeah, it's like some other plane of reality. So there's a scientific explanation, but it's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good theory. Um, I, what I like about this, I like that it just is dropped in, like in the middle of the episode, or, well, yeah. towards the end. But it's like, it's not like, whereas with um, Deep Breath, it's like this bookend. It's like just a little like, and then dot dot dot. But here it's just like bonk. Just to remind you, this is happening. Um, it kind of reminds me of you're not you're not a Pratchett fan, are you? No. Um, there is a, a character within the Discworld who is Death. It's it's the you know anthropomorphic classic Grim Reaper skeleton in a black hooded cloak with a scythe. Death, and he sort of sometimes he's the main character of the story. Sometimes He's literally just there for a cameo, um, but it's like the point is death is inevitable, sooner or later in every story, someone is going to die. And rather than just that being what happens, then they move on. You have this scene where they're actually encountering death as a as a figure, and they have a little chat. Um, and I've always liked that 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 feature of the Discworld books. Um and you're always kind sort of sort of getting that here where it's like if somebody dies in this series you can probably guess that, that you know they <laughs> we're going to get a little reminder of whatever's going on with uh with Missy. Hmm.
1: So And then as soon as it appears it just disappears. It's just like, you know, yeah. fuck you, back to the Daleks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's yeah, like
0: what's going on? Yeah, just something for you to chew on, that.
1: Yeah, but uh, in a way, I suppose it Puts us in the same boat as the Doctor. I mean, I know the Doctor's unaware of this, yeah. But you know, he's going to be finding clues eventually. I hope,
0: yeah. In the same
1: way that we are, you know, like being drip-fed the information.
0: And and I, I think it's it's nice as as a story arc idea. It's you know, it's nice to have something other than just sort of name dropping bad bad wolf or whatever. It's like it's more than just a repeated phrase or something. Hmm. You know, it's a location. It's people. There's there's slightly more to be thinking about there. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Gretchen dies, R.I.P. And uh, I forget what happens next. What happens next? Uh,
1: so after that, uh, the Daleks are still attacking. And at this point, the Doctor stands eye to eye with Rusty. Ah, oh, yes, yeah.
0: This is where he so, sort of, like... Stood, all, it's almost like he's giving him a TED talk or something with like a PowerPoint presentation behind him.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, whilst he's doing that, Clara works out how the artificial memory bank works and yeah. starts triggering repressed memory. Yeah. And at the same time, I've just put the doctor is ranting at Rusty. Yeah. So, Rusty becomes rebooted by Clara Mm. and learns the truth about the Daleks. Yes. So, whilst this is happening, the Doctor then mind-melds with Rusty to show him endless divine perfection. Yeah.
0: This is proper trippy, this moment, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, there's a bit of a a sort of a delay effect on his voice and, uh, you know, with these sort of, like, scintillating, like, sort of effervescent nebulas and things in the background and uh and obviously and then it kind of turns at a certain point and the, the 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 Dalek starts to look back into the Doctor.
1: Yeah and as it and says he sees the Doctor's hatred of the Daleks.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So, and
0: again this kind of mirrors that moment towards the end of the first Dalek story um where the ninth Doctor is there with his massive gun ready to to blow the, the Dalek up, and the, the Dalek's like, you know, you would make a good Dalek.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's like yeah, a, I thought think we'd heard that line thing. before.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So Rusty begins to wipe out all the other Daleks. Yeah. Which causes the Doctor to be sad because he's sort of seen the monster that he truly is. Yeah. And you know, I like the line. That's what you do. Yeah. Because. You know the doctor sees the Daleks as savage, they see him as savage, so once everyone is out of rusty, he calls the doctor a good Dalek, yes, yeah, which goes back to that question, you know, am I a good man? Well, definitely, we're uncertain, but we are certain you would make a good Dalek because yeah. in this instance, it's all about the killing, yeah
0: it's uh yeah it's 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 like solid stuff this.
1: I think. Mm. So the Doctor leaves in a hurry. Yeah. And Journey asks to go with him, but he says, "You know, ordinarily I'd say yes, but I wish you weren't a soldier," and leaves her behind. And that ties into what I struggle with a bit with this episode is that I don't know if it's a reflection on the Doctor now that we know what we know about the War Doctor. Yeah. But like. It, there's a lot of soldier bashing in this episode, isn't there? There is. There is, yeah. definitely. And I think it's
0: something that that you're not the only person to point this out and something that, that other people have struggled with. Um, what I think is important to remember with this is that we are not necessarily meant to think of the Doctor here as the pure and noble hero, the voice of all truth. You could almost view this as a flaw Mm -hmm. on the Doctor's part, perhaps even on some level, a kind of hypocrisy. Yeah. You know, you think back to Cold War where he's sort of chatting with the, with the, uh, the head of the, the submarine and he's just like, and, and, you know they're arguing about who should talk to 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 the ice warrior he's like oh well you know it needs to be someone who's not a military person you know so i'll, I'll do it and and uh, cuz he smell it on you and, and and the uh the commander's like and you don't think he'd smell it on you you know that we know that the doctor has this history with mm-hmm. warfare and has immeasurable blood on his hands himself. So I think there is almost an element of, at the very least, hypocrisy there.
1: Mm. See, again, when I listened to the Married to Who review of this, yeah. they were totally confused whether it was like a British thing that we hate our soldiers.
0: Oh, good lord, no. Um, oh. I mean, for, for, for I can only speak for myself here. I'm someone who is certainly very uneasy about armed conflict as a solution to problems <laughs> like on that sort of like on the global scale i i i'm not i'm not someone who is particularly keen on wars i i you know i will admit i i marched on multiple occasions against the iraq war and you know stuff like that i'm not i'm not someone who's you know just uh automatically pro-military Mm-hmm. However, I do recognise the need for countries to have armed forces as a defensive measure. I'm not someone who is just automatically anti-soldier. And on on the the, the level of individual people within the armed forces, there are so many different reasons why someone might make that choice um to, to, to join the armed forces, that I, I would never automatically hold it against someone that because they are a soldier they are somehow in some way unworthy. Um but for whatever reason, this doctor is uneasy with it. And whilst in many ways you, you look at Journey and, and yeah, you could totally see her as a companion. She's brave and she's resourceful, and as the doctor says on deep down I think you're probably kind which, frankly, is more than you can say about the Doctor in some instances in this episode. Mm -hmm. But there is something there. There is something there that makes him uncomfortable with the notion of having a soldier aboard the TARDIS. So we can't say more than that at this point. Um, No. what, What I will say is, this is a thread that will continue to be tugged on throughout this series. I don't want to spoil anything specific, but don't think this is the end of this. Yeah. So I think there'll be other opportunities to kind of look look at this as. Yeah, as, you know, I got the feeling up.
1: like, not necessarily with Journey, but the the effort put in to establish Danny. Yeah, I get the feeling he's a character that's not going anywhere. Yeah,
0: and, and and let's be honest, it's probably not a coincidence that they decided to make him a, a former soldier as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I mean, my prediction is obviously he's going to befriend Clara, and that's going to cause friction with the Doctor. Yeah.
0: Um, so we will, we'll have to wait and see how how that plays out. Mm. Um,
1: well, so... we've we've just got one little bit left. Okay. Because the doctor then drops Clara off thirty seconds after they left. Mm. And she sort of says the big line of the episode where she says, Oh, I still don't know if you're a good man, but I know that you try, and that's what's important.
0: Yeah. Which is, you know, nice. A fair assessment, and I think, you know, in many ways it's the best you can it's, it's all you can ask of anyone, isn't
1: it? Mm-hmm. And then the episode ends where she does a little flirt with Danny.
0: Yeah, just to sort of like put a cap on that.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. Like I, I did enjoy this episode. I didn't find yeah. it a slog to watch.
0: No, I think it's really solid. I think it's got some really a- atmospheric moments, some quite kind of trippy moments, hmm. and there is some there. there it, this gives you food for thought. It's not just a sort of whiz bang monster of the week kind of affair. There's some actual. There's there's some there's some meat on the bones here. Yeah, Um, this
1: is the sort of Doctor Who I like, where it it's got something to say rather than just we've turned up here's a monster, get it sorted. Yeah. Um. The other bit of uh, one little bit of trivia I wanted to drop
0: because I forgot to mention it earlier. Um. Peter Capaldi, as we've discussed, old-school Doctor Who fan. Uh, if you wanted any evidence for that, look no further than the fact that when they were filming this episode, he turned up on set early just so he could watch the Daleks being blown up.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. He
0: wasn't needed until the afternoon on that day of shooting, but he was he still... Um, uh, headed over to watch them doing doing all the uh, stunt work and, and uh, pyrotechnics because he just wanted to watch some Daleks being blown up.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I,
0: I'm i not going to say yet whether, like, where he ranks. Is he my favourite New Who Doctor or whatever? But uh, I have a lot of affection for Peter Capaldi as as an actor and it, it, just... The, just the, the, as a human being. As a human being. Uh, it just... The fact that he is clearly, you know, having... This is a sort of like a a childhood ambition fulfilled is such a sweet thing to think about.
1: Do you you think that's why a lot of fans rank him so highly? Because they can live vicariously through him?
0: I think there is an element of that, yeah. I do think so. I would love it
1: if there was an actor that played the Doctor that just hated it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, imagine if Eccleston stayed on and he was just fucking fuming <laughs> every <week. laughs> And, like, every episode he was yeah. just like, it's a stupid show. I hate the fans. Everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, that would just be. I don't,
0: I'm trying to think who's the closest to that. Like, I mean, Colin Baker had a rough time of it with how the BBC were treating him and stuff, but.
1: But he never his... seemed resentful.
0: No, and if you look at what he's gone on to do later, he loves doing the big finish stuff. He's even, he's one of the only people to portray the Doctor who's actually, like, written Doctor Who fiction himself. Mm. Like, he's written short stories and things. So, he obviously loves it. Yeah. Um. I think I think Davison was, got a bit that, fed that up.
1: That guy we watched, it's not The Lodger, it's it? Closing Time, where he ruined Doctor Who at the end of the episode, what? Where- and they had to cut all his scenes
0: out. Oh, it was um, it was the Power of Three, Stephen Burkoff. That's him. Yeah. That's him.
1: Yeah. Imagine if they like made him the Doctor. And he was oh just, like, god! Stupid programme. <laughs> petty storyline.
0: <laughs> I think they would have. Yeah, you'd hope that they would have oh. managed to weed it out. You, the thing is, this it's such a demanding job. You've mm. got to have some enthusiasm, even if you don't have like a lifelong history with the show. You've got to be relishing the prospect of doing it because it's you've got to learn so many lines, do so much running around and and you're in almost every scene of like a 10 or 13 episode series. It's it's a big ask of any actor. So, yeah, you've got you've got to have enthusiasm to do this job, I think. Um, But anyway, uh, let's see how much enthusiasm you have for next week's episode, uh, which is entitled Robot of Sherwood.
1: Great. It's going to be bloody Robin Hood, isn't it? I'd be very surprised if it wasn't with a title like that. (laughs) Robot Robin Hood. It's going to be like Town Called Mercy, but... Set in the past. Mm. I'm not looking forward to it now. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. You've ruined my birthday weekend. <laughs> I hope you proud of yourself.
0: Should I put the cherry on top and tell you who's written it?
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rapper. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Come on. We'll see you next. All week. right. Well, have thank
0: good, you very much good for good listening, week. everyone. Yeah. And uh, until next time, cheerio. Bye now.